0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me this morning to the 37th chapter of Psalm. Building on the message that I preached last week about where we are at, today I want to talk about what we ought to be doing. How many of you have ever had hindsight? and thought, boy, I should have done this, or I should have done that. It's always easy to be able to figure out what we should have done after the fact. We can't afford to do that now. We need to make sure that we're getting this right up front because of where we're at in this day and time. I want to share a uh, message with you today simply called My Heart's. Desire. Would you say that with me? My heart's desire. Let me read Psalms 37, 1 through 4. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong, for like grass they will soon fade away, like spring flowers they will soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good, then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your word. We just ask, God, that your Holy Spirit would settle over each of us. And, God, speak to our hearts, God, those things that you want us to hear and act on. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're like me, sometimes you find it that you're focused on the wrong thing. How many of you have ever been there before where you focus on the wrong thing. So the psalmist tells us at the beginning, he's trying to give us warning, don't focus on the wrong thing. He tells us, don't be worried about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. And so let me bring it to where we live at. In the day and the time that we're living, it's been real easy for us to, and maybe I ought to not include you in this. You can let the chips fall where they may. It's been real easy for me to get distracted and to focus on what's happening and get aggravated with political parties and, and, and get all worked up into a frenzy and, you know, they need to be doing this, they need to be doing that. And then it dawned on me. I thought, man, I'm not even focused on the right thing. Because I'm telling you that a political party isn't going to change this. We need to have our focus on God. When this virus hit, and I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again now. When this virus hit, I told Debbie at the onset of this, before any of this stuff started coming out, I told her, I said, there's something deeper about this virus than, than we're hearing, and I can't quite put my hand on it yet. And then all of a sudden, as things begin to unfold, it became very evident to me that it was like I was watching a dress rehearsal of what was to come. Do you understand that Scripture is going to come to pass, no matter how you know we come up with ideas? Well, you know, we and I, I don't, you know, I don't want this to happen, and I don't want that to happen, and I. We need to focus on God and quit focusing on the happenings around us and get it figured out how God wants us to respond to what's happening, going on around us. He said, quit worrying about the wicked. I'm going to handle it. He talked about, he said, look, man, he said, they are going to dry up like the grass. They, they'll be like flowers that wither away. And we get our, how many of you have gotten worked up over the last few months? Be honest. How I many of you got worked up? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, I'm gonna go there. and man, when we get worked up, we really—they really feel it, don't they? They don't have a clue who you are. Us getting worked up doesn't do anything. Do you understand? It is a trick of the devil to get our focus off of God and get it on everything else instead of God. Because this is an hour that God wants us to be standing up and declaring who he is. Listen to what the psalmist goes on to say. He tells us where our focus ought to be. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord and? Trust in the Lord and? Trust in the Lord and? If we could get that mantra the way that, you know, the Wizard of Oz had lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Trust in the Lord and? If we could get that in our spirit, guess what we would do? We would? You forgot to trust in the Lord. And isn't that what happens? Sometimes we focus on doing good and we're not tr- we forget that you have to trust in the Lord first. Because no matter what good you're doing, if your trust isn't in God, then what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself in a situation where you are upset instead of trusting God. He says, trust in the Lord. And then he says, there's something that comes along with doing that. He said, if you do that, when you trust in the Lord and do good, you will live safely in the land and prosper. The Bible said that Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. I'm telling you that we serve a God that is bigger than the economy. We serve a God that's bigger than your job limitation. Well, I was talking to Debbie the other day. We were talking about when we first went on the field, I quit my job. At the end of that year when I was filing taxes, I had made just a little over half of what I normally made in a year's time. And when I filled the paperwork out for the taxes, I, I was dumbfounded. Man, my mouth dropped up and I, I said, how is this possible? I don't understand this. I said, on this paper, it's showing like I, I, I made, like I, I used to, you know, this is back in the 90s, in the early 90s. And I think I was making like 20 grand a year in, the, in 1990. And then when I, at the end of that year, I made $11,000. Wow, regular Rockefeller, huh? And I I looked at that and I told Debbie, I said, I don't get this. I said, we didn't make near as much as we normally make. I said, but we've got more than we've ever had. I'm telling you, you serve a God that's able to take five loaves and two fish and feed a multitude of people. You serve a God that can cause your outfit, ladies, I know you're not going to like this, but can make your outfit last you for 40 years and never wear out. <laughs> that's the kind of God. He said, I'll, I'll do that for you. If you trust in the Lord to do good, he said, then you're going to prosper. You're going to live safely in the land. And listen to this. Take delight. In the Lord, I took delight in the green room a minute ago. I went in there. I, I, I didn't need anything in the before the first service, and I went back there and somebody laid a bowl of temptation out on the table. And it was it, it was I don't know what that's called other than a girdle buster is what you know I used to hear, but it's like it had it had chocolate put, and don't anybody leave your seat. That door is locked. I don't want anybody trying to get, okay. It had had chocolate pudding in it. It had whipped cream. I think it had whipped cream in it. Had whipped cream in it. Had Oreo cookies in it. It was delightful. I, I scooped me up some of that in there, and I went and put that in my mouth, and I went you know, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because we take delight in a lot of things. I mean, how many of you love seafood? How many of you take great delight when you eat seafood? You know what I'm talking about? There's, now, look, I, I mean, I, I love shrimp and all that, but I'm telling you, you turn me loose on some king crab legs. And I'm floating on cloud nine. It's like, I, I mean, it's just like, because there's, there, it's, mmm. The butter sauce, the, oh, whew, delight. The scripture said to take delight in the Lord. I thought about that. I thought we need to take delight in so many things. All you folks, when you get ready to go on vacation, you take great delight in coming and telling me about it. We're getting ready to go on vacation. We're, we're going to go down to the beach. And we're going to, Kevin came back with a hat on and what did it say? Uh, Destin. He came back with a hat on and said, it was a pretty hat. I mean, it, what color was that, man? It's like coral or something. It was, like, I, said, I, I, I said, man, I loved your hat. He looked at me and said, you can't have it. He took great delight in telling me what I couldn't have. And I I thought about the fact that we take delight in so, hey, and I thank God for you going on vacation. Really, you need to. I'm not talking about all the time, but, and I'm gonna show you today that God wants us to enjoy ourselves. So, but think about this taking great delight in God. The word delight means great pleasure. How many of you got up today and acted like you do when you're getting ready to leave on vacation? Church! I can't wait to get there! Oh! Anybody do that today? I got one young lady that did that. Praise God. You know, the people that usually do that are the ones that value it a lot. I get up... On Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, have to get out of bed. And I'm telling you, at 6 on Sunday, it's not like 6 on Monday. Because 6 on Monday, there's nothing really driving me. 6 on Sunday buddy, I am up, I'm ready to go, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm getting my my mind focused, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. And I do that, you know, the rest of the week too. But there's something different about when you know that guests are coming and you've got to feed everybody. So you're trying to make sure that you've got everything ready to take great pleasure in God. I wish there was a way I could communicate to you how important that is. I've seen folks live for God and look like they've lost their best friend. I've seen people that are supposed to be living for God, and they can't figure out why no one wants to go to church with them. Well, man, if I acted like that, I wouldn't want to go to church either. I'd be afraid I'd catch what they got. You understand what I'm talking about? There, there ought to be something in us. He says, you take great delight, you take great pleasure in the Lord, and he'll do what? He will give you the desires of your heart. What's he saying? He's saying, I'll give you what you've been longing for. But watch this. If I take great pleasure in God, then what I'm longing for ought to have something to do with God. Am I right? If we can readjust our focus, everybody say focus. I have, if if you, how many of you have ever passed me driving or tried to get my attention? Passed me in town, waved at me, anybody? Paul West was some back there. Did I, did I see you? I did, praise God. (laughs) Paul West met me in Carbondale and he said, man, what's up with you? I said, what are you talking about? He said, I came up on you in Carbondale. He said, said, you passed me. He said, I was waving at you and you completely ignored me. He said, I pulled up right beside you and started waving and said, you ignored me. He said, I laid on my horn and started blowing my horn at you. He said, you never looked my way. He said, I thought about running into the side of you. Focused. I've had people walk right by me and I didn't even see them, and they thought I was stuck up. They thought, man, what's wrong with Pastor? What's, you know, and, I, and I'm not focused on them. I have a granddaughter that has inherited my focus. I'm telling you, when I get focused, you ain't breaking it. My granddaughter watches television on her iPhone. She loves barnyard animals, or Peek-a-boo barn. Peekaboo barn. Apparently, she enjoys it too. Okay, so so on th- this true story, Vivian's watching that, and I'm trying to get Vivian's attention. And Vivian's watching, and I'm going up to her. How's Vivian doing? Papa loves you, Papa loves. you. She never looks my way. I literally went like this. You know what she did? Exactly. She pushed my head. She put her hand up and pushed my head out of the way. Pushed my head out of the way. I go, run back up here. I'm not done yet. I go, I, I, I go, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave Vivian. Get Pawpaw kiss. Get Pawpaw kiss. She goes like this. Never broke her focus. If we could get focused on God like that. Uh, it, oh Come on, not, you need to hear what I'm saying. If we could get focused on God, that when the devil shows up trying to break our focus, we're giving him the brush off. We're pushing him out of the way. Do you understand the kind of revival that could break out uh, in your home, in your family, what you could see happen? Everybody say it with me, focus. Our focus has a lot to do with what we desire. In the Old Testament, there was a law written in, in Deuteronomy in the 14th chapter, and this was the law, that when at the end of the harvest, you were required by law to bring a tithe of all the harvest. Everybody say, all my crops. All the wheat, all the vegetables, all the fruit. Everything you grew... You brought a tenth. You separated that and you set it aside. You were required to give the firstborn male of all the flocks for that year. So then, well, what was that you supposed to do? You took all of that stuff to the temple, to the place of worship. And there you would eat and you would party in the presence of God. And if God blessed you to a point that what you had was so much, everybody say so much. You ever have God give you so much you didn't feel like he was going to be able to take anymore? I have. I never forget, man, the first time I experienced the spirit of God touching me in a, a, a a, a tangible a way I had never experienced before. I was in a service and I, nobody was around. I was up there. I was praying. Well, this, got, this evangelist came and he laid hands on me and prayed for me. It felt like somebody picked me up and threw me across the floor. You can talk to Debbie about this. She was there. She said it looked like I went flying across the floor. I tried to get up. And all and nobody around me, I tried to get up and I felt that hit me again. And man, lay me back down. And, I, and somebody said, well, I don't understand that. I didn't understand it either. I can just tell you what I was experiencing and it was real. It was, and somebody said, well, God can't do that. Look, man, if he can speak this world into existence, he ain't got no problem on taking you off your feet. This went on for about 15 or 20 minutes I'm trying to get up, and I keep getting pushed back. There's nobody around me. Nobody's pushing on me. Nobody's got, you know, nobody's trying to help the Holy Spirit out. And I finally laid down, and I looked up, and I said, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I was to the point where my, my physical body was just exhausted, and it was like God trying to show me I'm bigger than anything in life you're ever going to face. Sometimes God has got to get our attention to get us to focus on him and recognize how powerful he is and that he's bigger than the problem you're worried about. He's bigger than the rascal that's been giving you trouble. He's bigger than your financial difficulty. He's bigger, but we don't focus on him. If he blessed you in such a way that it's more than you can contain and it's too much trouble, there's no way you can travel that far if the place of worship is a great distance from you. There's no way you can take all those animals and haul all those crops to that place. Then you're given instruction to go out and sell it. Everybody say sell it. Oh, I'm going to go get me. No, you're not. Because you don't get to do whatever you want to with that money. The scripture said that you went and you sold it. Then you took all that money that you made off of that. And you go to the place of worship. Somebody say, I got to go to church anyway. (laughs) Doesn't matter whether you're bringing it physically or whether you sold it. You still wind up in a place of worship. How many of you know that a place of worship is a good place to be? It's a lot better than a place of complaint or a place of worry or a place of disbelief or a place of discontent, a place of worship. So you brought all that money with you, you got to the place of worship, and then the scripture instructed you, you go and buy whatever your heart desires. Wow. And then you take that and you bring it into the presence of God. Now think about that. Because if my heart doesn't desire right things, and I'm carrying that into the presence of God, I wonder how pleased he's going to be with it. But he said, you go and buy whatever your hearts desire, and you come into my presence, and I want you to eat there, and I want you to have a big party in the presence of the Lord. Man, you're almost like second service, I mean first service. When's the last time you had a party where Jesus was the guest of honor? Oh, come on, man. You guys, before you started living for God, you'd hoop and holler and howl at the moon. And then, for some reason, once we give our life to God, we get all dignified. We get all, you know... I always told people dignified is close to petrified, and that's a piece of wood that's been dead a long time. I'm telling you, it's time for the church uh, to quit worrying about who's watching and who's going to see. uh, And it's time for us to worship and rejoice in the presence of God. I didn't care who was around me. Man, when I was, I, I got saved, I got excited. Everybody say excited. How many of you were excited when you got saved? How many of you remember when you got saved? How many of you ain't done it yet? <laughs> Trick question, Pastor. No, I'm just telling you, you don't know what you're missing out on. If you haven't given your heart to God, you're missing out on the greatest party you've ever been invited to. Angels rejoice when you give your heart to God. I, got, I was so excited. I was so exuberant. I remember I was, I was working a secular job. And this guy, we were down there and I was talking, I got to talking to him about God. And Ray, come here a second. When I started talking to him about the Lord, you be me for a second. Okay, come up here. Okay, and start walking toward me. And to find, that's what was going on. I started talking to this guy about God. Now you be the guy. I started talking to this guy about God and the guy keeps backing up from me. And, and, I, I, and he, he finally said, stop right where you're at. I looked at him and I said, man, what's wrong with you? He said, Rick, every time you start talking about God, you get this wild look in your eye and your voice changes. (laughs) I'm telling you, uh, there's something real uh, about God. And if it doesn't do anything to you, uh, then you need to go back to the well and get some more. Thank you. Give him a hand, would you? We need to rejoice In the presence of God, we need to be celebrating Jesus. Paul plainly tells us what his heart's desire is. And this is what he tells us in Romans 10. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Let me touch on that a second, because I didn't touch on that in the first service. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. It doesn't matter how excited you get about God if what you believe isn't the truth. That's right. That's right. He said, they've got a zeal for God. And somebody said, well, there was this lady, and she said, you know, pastor, that, she was talking to a um, a guy that I'd preached for, and he said, You know, Pastor, he said, I just feel like it's it's kind of like taking a bus to New York. Some people take a bus to New York, some people take a plane, some drive a car, but we're all headed for New York. And he looked at her and he said, Well, that's right, sister. He said, But there's one thing. We ain't going to New York. He said, We're going to heaven and said according to the scripture you can't get to heaven any old way you can't go on a bus you can't go on a train you can't go on a plane you can't go in a car the bible said there's one way to him and that's through jesus christ oh don't say that you'll offend somebody i'd rather offend them and see their life changed and on their way to heaven than to keep my mouth shut and let them die and go to a devil's hell it's time for somebody to get a backbone and say god Here I am, set me on fire. Set me on fire. I had people look at me when I first got saved, they said, You know what your problem is? These were religious folks. I didn't say they were Christians, I said they were religious folks. I had them tell me, walk up to me and tell me, You know what your problem is? You're a fanatic. I said, you're right, I'm crazy about God. (laughs) I'd rather try and calm down a fanatic than raise a dead man. We need to get a fire in us. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, anything cooking in you? Is Is anything happening in you? Say, now, wait a minute. I don't have to get all emotional to serve God, no. But there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, let me pose a question to you. And you answer it. Is it possible for you to come to God without getting emotional? The scripture says, no man comes to me. Or said, no one goes to the Father except, Jesus said, no man can go to the Father except through me. And he said, no man can come to me except the Spirit. Draw him. Now, if you can get a glimpse of Calvary and what he went through there and that not have an emotional impact on you. Then I don't know what's going to. I'm not talking about fluff and stuff. I'm talking about grace and truth, because the scripture said that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Everybody say, fan the fire. fire. Kat was fanning the fire yesterday. She went to grill some steaks over at the Life Center, went and filled the tanks up so she had plenty of fuel had the fire going, had the lid closed. She went to pick the lid up off of the grill. It is a little hot. That's what happens when you have a fire going. Hotter than she anticipated. And when she let it go, instead of it falling back down, it fell backwards. And when it fell backwards, it hit the butane tank. It knocked the hose, cut the hose, slashed the hose on the butane tank, and everybody say fire, fire, fire. That's what she had going on. She's she's on 911 dialing. Man, there's flames going up. She thought, Oh no, I'm going to burn the plaza down, the the pavilion. Thank you. I knew there was a name for it. I'm going to burn the pavilion down. She said the flames were going up in the pavilion, and and I said. She said, It blew up. I said, That tank blew up. Yeah, yeah, it blew up. You can go see it. It's burnt over there. And I thought, Okay, now wait a minute. If it blew up, I can't go see it. And I thought, Thank God it didn't blow up because that would have been worse than a hand grenade going off. But she had a fire going that she couldn't control. If you ever, well, don't ever do this. This is, Don't try this at home. No, this is, I, I want you to think about it. All of a sudden, that there's butane coming out of that tank. And have you ever, if there's a child sitting next to you, cover their ears. When you were a kid, did you ever take a can of hairspray? Okay, you did it. I know. You know what I'm talking about. Man, you can make a blowtorch. And I used to have so much fun doing that until I found out how dangerous that was. And they said, you let off of that and you don't get that flame away from it and it sucks it back in that can, it'll blow up in your hand. I quit playing with hairspray. I'm telling you, you don't want to play with God. You want it to be real. You want it, you, you, you don't control do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to open your heart and let him ignite a fire in you. Some people want them to do their own fire. Woo! I mean, it's like some people think that if I get the words down right, there used to be a guy on the radio all the time saying, so, praise God, glory to evening tonight, right now, amen. Never could figure out what he was preaching, but there was a lot of glory to God right now, amen, going on. What are you saying? I'm saying that God wants to use us to bring the world to him. But if we don't get him, if we don't get our focus on him, we're going to end up empty-handed standing in front of people, not knowing what it is we've even got to share. Paul wanted to see Israel saved. The scripture says that Israel, or the scripture doesn't say this, I'm saying this. Israel got their focus on the temple instead of God. And you remember last week when I talked about what happened, Jesus came into the temple and when he came into the temple, he told them, he said, there's not going to be one stone left upon another here that won't be thrown down and the temple ended up being destroyed because they had their focus in the wrong place. Now listen to Haggai chapter 2. Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory. They're talking about Solomon's temple, who saw this temple in its former glory. And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is it not in your eyes as nothing? For thus saith the Lord of hosts, once more it is a little while, everybody say a little while. And I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory. Say it with me. I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So what are you getting at? How many of you understand types and shadows? Now, a type in shadow is something that you see that has a physical substance, but it's pointing to something later. And so he talks to them about how do you see this temple now, the temple that had been rebuilt after Solomon. he said, you're saying it's nothing in comparison to the other temple. He said, but I'm telling you that there is a latter temple coming. And the glory of that latter temple will be greater than the former. So fast forward. Jesus comes through the streets of Jerusalem. What was God's promise? He said, I will fill this temple with my glory and with my peace. And when Jesus walked into that temple, God filled it with his glory and with his peace. And then Jesus walked out of that temple and said, there's not going to be a stone left one upon another here. But now wait a minute. Is that the culmination of it? Is that all there is to it? No, there's another temple that God speaks about. You see, he desires to fill the temple with his peace and with his glory say but that temple doesn't exist now that's not the temple he's speaking of In 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. We don't get it. We're not focused there. We don't understand what God has done in this body. And that's the miracle of it all. We're just flesh and blood. But my friend, when the Spirit of God comes over us, and he fills us with his glory, then all of a sudden they end up going to somebody's house and saying, these are those that have turned the world upside down. God, help us to wake up and to recognize that he wants to reveal his glory in us. How many of you understand that the devil's got some desire too? Jesus talked about it in Luke 22. He said, and the Lord said, Simon... Behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he could sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you, that your faith doesn't fail. And when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. He tells Peter this right after, right before Peter had talked about that he would die for him. Peter's saying, Lord, I'll die for you. I'll never deny you. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. But he had told him this. He said, Satan wants you. He wants to take you out. But I have prayed for you. And when you're converted or when you repent from what you're getting ready to do, I want you to strengthen your brothers can I tell you that you're not going to get through life uh, without slipping. Uh, There are going to be times that you end up falling and failing and going, I can't believe uh, I let the devil do that to me. Uh, But the word of the Lord wants to remind you uh, that you've got someone uh, that's interceding uh, and that's what he does all the time. uh, And said, So when the devil tries to take you out, uh, he's going to lift you up uh, and when you get your heart turned around right again, uh, then you Let the devil have it Uh, by telling everybody around you uh, about the power and the goodness uh, and the glory of God. He wants to fill us with his glory. Everybody say it one more time. Fill me with your glory. In the Old Testament, the veil hid the glory of God. When Moses came down from the mountain and his face was glowing, Moses put a veil over his face to hide the glory. The Scripture tells us that the reason he did it is because that glory was going to fade away. In the temple where the Holy of Holies was, there was a covering that was set up to hide the glory of God. You couldn't enter that. But now watch what the writer tells us in Corinthians. He says, whenever though they turn to face God, as Moses did, God removes the veil And there they are, face to face. (laughs) They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. God's saying, I want to take the veil off. I want to reveal my glory in you. You remember how much trouble the children of Israel had coming through the wilderness they were always getting in trouble? And it got to the point that God said, Moses, look, I'm just going to get rid of them and I'll I'll do it through you and your children. And he said, God, don't do that. Please just pardon their sin. Just pardon their sin. And the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, I'm going to pardon their sin as you've asked me. He said, but as the Lord lives, the earth is going to be filled with my glory. He was looking to a time that's coming. I talked about it last week. That time is now. And God is trying to get us to focus on what really matters. It's not about everything that's happening around us. It's between our relationship with him. Because if you get focused with your relationship with him, no matter what's happening around you, it's not going to be able to take you out or take you down. God's going to preserve you and allow you to begin to reveal his glory in the world. He said that all things are going to be shaken. He, he, he says that there shall, that he will shake all nations. Everybody say, All nations. That's happening right now. What we've seen over the last six months has shook the world. We've never seen anything like this before. This has shaken the world. But what's happening to the church in the midst of this? Some churches are closing down. There was one well-known pastor that got on, on the radio or television or whatever, and he said, we're shutting our services down until the end of the year. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not trying to judge him, it's just I'm thinking, how do you do that? If it hadn't been, now you mark my word, you may have had a pastor arrested, but if it hadn't been for the fact that we were able to go out on the parking lot and have church, we were going to be, end up back in here having church. You say, how can you do that? Because there are a few things in life uh, that really matter. And I'm telling you that your relationship with God uh, is one of those things uh, that matter more than anything else. Uh, what's it say to the world uh, when they're running around and they're afraid and they're, they don't know what? to do and they go to the church and it says nobody home I, do you hear what I'm saying it's time for us to stir up the gift that God's placed in us so his glory can be revealed through us he wants us to fill the earth with his glory but we can't fill the earth with his glory until we allow him to to fill us with His glory. When's the last time? You don't, don't answer this, don't wave your hand on this. I just want you to answer it privately. When's the last time you and God really had a party together? I'm talking about the last time that God came over you in such a way that it was like, God, I don't want to leave this place. I know sometimes people can misunderstand us. But I think it's important because when people see you, they're going to associate you with something. Do you understand what I'm saying? On a natural level, when people see Brian, they associate him with meat because he sells a bunch of meat to everybody. They see Cat, they associate her with coaching. I see Jasmine, I associate her with barefoot music. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When uh, we all associate people with something in a natural realm. But let me ask you this, when, when you see someone and our focus is on God, how do you associate them with God? In other words, when you see me, do you associate me as a very weak, watered down preacher that's afraid to tell the truth? No, I'm not asking you to tell me. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Do you see people that you associate, and you say, "Oh, there," you know, man, those folks are on fire for God. Or are there folks that you see, and you say, "You know, yeah, they." I, I see them in church every once in a while. I never really, they never really talk to me about God, and this is what's really important because if you've got. I'm not talking about people in here. We know each other and love each other, right? But what about the people out there? They never told me about God. They never said anything to me. But I promise you that when all this opens up and, and people quit being afraid of each other and Debbie gets turned loose in the mall, <laughs> it's going to be like a pit bull on steroids, man. It's... She is going to go after people, because, and that's that's the thing she told me. She said, "Man, what I, what I She said, "I've struggled with this because when I approach people now, they back away from me. They're afraid." And she said, "That's really wearing on me." But then, when we started broadcasting, well, we were broadcasting. We started broadcasting on Facebook in March. Yesterday, we did not broadcast, and it's the first day in six, almost six months that we did not broadcast. I can't believe you didn't broadcast. I can't believe it's been six months. (laughs) And Debbie was afraid not to broadcast because she said, I don't want to lose this. Desire this, you know, it's my only way to connect with people. And in, honestly, in my heart and in my mind, I'm thinking there is no way you're going to lose this desire because I've seen it burning in her. And that we had people in the, the last service that got acquainted with us through the broadcast. They, huh? Huh? From St. Louis. Not actually St. Louis, Swazie. Swaziland, what's it called? Swazny? Yeah. So that's and and they came they they came here today. People that that, that I, I've had we we've had people show up from other countries listening. I, you cannot believe how many people I'm getting. Friend requests from, from India and Pakistan and all these places. Why? Because they're watching. They're, they're looking. They're, they're hungry. I'm telling you that it's time. That, do you get this? That I am not. I, I, I don't make up your relationship with God, that you have a personal relationship with God that belongs to you and you alone, and God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So, you can't do it through me. You've got to stand up and say, here I am, God, use me. And my friend, that's exactly where we're at right now. God's saying, I've shaken these nations, and now I need my people to stand up and say, let your glory flow through me God let your peace flow through me use my mouth to declare it to others would you stand with me right now too many times and I look I I know I'm not talking to any of you but there's people watching online too many times we get into this habit of just coming to church and we're not being the church So, we do our due diligence. I put in my two hours for Sunday, the rest of the week belongs to me. Thank you. For those of you that didn't hear that, the front row said, yeah, right. But sadly, that's what happens too many times can I tell you, it's not what we're doing in these four walls that are going to change and transform lives. It's when we take this out of these four walls and begin to share it with others. Some of you have wonderful opportunity. Karen, you cut hair. When they're in your chair, you got them. Put a seat belt on them, strap them in. cut your way to victory when seize the moment you're in seize the day you're in we were told where I shared with you last week about that hospital in Russia where they had all the children with AIDS and we had been told You know, you you can't be, you know, engaging with these kids and you can't be And man, those kids, I thought about how God set stuff up, man. Those kids came outside and I thought, I don't know how they got out here, but we're going to seize the fact that they are out here. We grabbed, I, I hollered at somebody, I said, go get all those Bibles off the bus. We had children's Bibles. We started passing all these Bibles out and they said, what's this book about? What's this book about? And one of the ladies said, Rick can tell you what this book's about? So I started telling them, I said, have you ever been in a storm where you were afraid and you feared for your life? These kids, some of them had AIDS. And I watched their faces and their expression as they began to nod and say yes. I said, well, there were grown men that were sailors that knew the sea well, but a storm came up that caused them to fear for their very life." I said, but there was a man named Jesus, and he came walking to them in the midst of that storm out on the open water. The lightning didn't frighten him, the thunder clapping didn't stop him, but he came to where they were. And when they saw him and they recognized who he was, and he said, "Don't be afraid, it's me." I said, and when they willingly received him into their ship, in one instant the storm stopped, and they were on shore. I'm man. Right after that, the the staff started seeing them out there, and they started hollering for them to come in. And the, one of those girls grabbed that. Bible and picked it up and she said I got to read this book and she tucked it under her arm and off she went I'm telling you no matter where you're at you can let God use you he'll create the opportunity he'll give you the moment when he pushes everything else out but if you don't shine in that moment then how will they ever find their way out of the darkness This isn't a service today about you being blessed, and this is a service today about you lighting a fire. A service about you surrendering yourself and saying, God, let your glory flow through me. Would you stretch your hands to heaven with me right now? Look, if you're in this place, I don't want to, leave this service without giving you the opportunity. If you're in here and you don't know God, I want to invite you to come to the front right now. All it takes is saying, Jesus, save me. It can't be that easy. He paid the price. He did the hard work on Calvary. Calvary. And now he's saying, Whosoever will let them come. So if you're here and you've never done it, you've you've never surrendered, I want you to come right now. You may say, Well, Pastor, I did that once upon a time, but man, I've drifted. Well, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. So if you have done it before, but you've drifted, I want you to come to the front of this building right now and say, God, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve you. I'm not running from you. I'm running to you. I'm going to hold for just a moment. For the rest of us, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to lift your hands and say, God, ignite a fire in me, ignite a fire in me and let the world come and watch me burn. Let's pray together right now. Father, we come to you in this place today recognizing that time is short. We realize that you have shaken the nations as your word declares, you would. And we know that you want to fill this temple, this temple with your glory, to fill this temple with your peace. And so we open our hearts and ask you, do it, Lord. Do it now. My heart's desire is for you to fill me with your glory. God, and once you fill me, let me share that glory with others. Let me reflect your love and your word and your power with others. Erase the fears in my heart and replace it with a holy boldness that stands up and says, if God be for me, who can be against me? I give you praise for it right now. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house today. So this is what I'm asking you to do. Here's your homework. I want you to go out this week and let his glory shine through you, which may mean that when somebody cuts you off in traffic, instead of you turning around and giving them a real dirty look she wrote your window down and say hey man you want to come church Sunday that in the grocery store when somebody's talking about how horrible everything is that your conversation is yeah but do you know what Have, 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 have you found out that they've got an answer now for the virus, there's, there, there's a cure for it. You're kidding, what is it? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. But pastor, what if, what if I give my heart to Jesus and I die from the virus? You're going to heaven. I, I mean, come on guys. We act like this is the only life where this is just a passing through stage folks I'm not in any hurry to go but I'm not going to live my life in fear while I'm here how many of you are ready for God to use you stretch your hands heaven I want to pray for you right now father I thank you God for everyone in this building I just ask God that you anoint them in a special way give them encounters that you've set up to this week. I pray, Father, that you ordain their steps, God, that you cause them to come in contact with people. God, and give them a word to say quicken their heart. Let them feel your presence pricking their heart to share you with others. God, let them see the results of that. God, I pray, Father, that you multiply the fruit for their labor, that you surround them, that you protect them, that you go before them, that you save their families, that you save their friends, that you change their finances and bless them, God, that you cause their health to prosper. Father, we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you.